0: Amen. Um, Well, thanks. Thanks, Vicky. I appreciate those kind words. Um, Good morning. How are we all doing? We're good. Um, So this morning I, well, you have to bear with me first and foremost. My son's recently started nursery and, you know, nursery's their sort of I don't know, disease first, I guess. So he's uh, passed on something to us, and I've not been able to shake it for a couple of weeks, so that's why I sound a bit funny. But this morning, I want to encourage you. This morning, I want to challenge you. I want to see you be who God has intended for you to be. Um, I suspect the, the, slides, the first slide's on the, on the screen, and we're looking at the life of Abraham this morning. And in particular, as the title would suggest, it says we're looking at what made him a success. Um, success, it's an interesting word, isn't it? Because I want to challenge you on what you think that means. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about the word success? What I will say is success doesn't necessarily mean financial. That's not the automatic implication when we talk about what made them a success and in particular what made Abraham a success. Success ultimately means achieving the desired goal. So when we talk about success this morning, what we mean, and at least what I mean, is that what do we need to do to live the life that God has intended for us to live? Why is that important? Because if you're a Christian in this place this morning, we were made by God and we are His. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And so if we are His, we want to live the life that He has designed for us to live. Because in Jeremiah it says that He, God, knows the plans He has for us, yeah. plans for good and not for evil. Yeah. yeah? So that means that if you're a Christian this morning, God has designed your life. Yeah? yeah? God has destined for you to arrive somewhere and we, we want to be there. Yeah. At least I want to be where God has, has designed for me to live. Alright, so this morning we're talking about what made Abraham a success, and you know there's so many things we could talk about in terms of the life of Abraham. If you know, (laughs) wow, the spirit's moving, right? (laughs) Um, I might take a step forward and keep my hands in my pocket, anyway. (laughs) There are so many things we could talk about in the life of Abraham, Um, but I want to pick out two things in particular that I believe are important for us and are key for us um, to be who God has intended for us to be. Um, But before we do that, it's important that we pray, all right? Um, So, Heavenly Father, I thank you because your spirit is here this morning. You have spoken already and you're going to speak again. Lord, I ask that you'll prepare our hearts, Prepare me as I speak. Lord, I don't want to say anything that is of me. I want to speak all that you have for your people. Um, So be with us and let your spirit move with us as we we go. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to read from verses 1 through 4, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Um, And as you're doing that, let me paint a bit of context for where we find ourselves in, in the story. Essentially, there's, there's not much about, that we find out about Abraham at this point. Um, we know that he had a father. We know that he had a grandfather. And we know that he, he had a wife. So not much. <laughs> Don't know what's going on there. Um, but the first thing I want to say is I think that's crucial. Because I want to say that your past, what's gone before is irrelevant. What has gone before is not relevant insofar as many of us will disqualify ourselves from what God is saying and what God is doing because of what's gone before us. So based on what someone said about you, based on what someone said to you, based on what someone's done to you, based on what you've done, based on what you've said in the past, I want to tell you this morning that all of that is not relevant insofar as you will disqualify yourself from what God is calling you to. What matters is right now. What matters is today. And what matters is when you hear the word of God right now, what do you do going forward? So we find ourselves in this point of the story And it says in verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, sorry, to Abraham, because his name later got changed to Abraham if you know the story. It says, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So, the very first thing that I want to pull out from this story is Abram went. Where has God told you to go? Where is the Spirit of God telling you you need to go to or telling you that you need to do? Some of us in here need to move from where we are to where God is telling us to be. I believe there are two categories of people in here this morning. For some, God has been pulling on your heart. The Holy Spirit has been pulling on your heart for some time. It's time for you to make a commitment. Move from the life you've been living to the life that God would have for you, the life that God has designed for you. Move from a life of half-baked commitment to a life of sold-out commitment for God. Move from a life of worldliness, yeah? Living the life you want to live, and half in the church, half out of the church, doing the churchy thing, lifting your hands up, singing the songs on a Sunday morning, but as soon as you walk out the door, going back to the life that you used to live. Time to move from that to a life of passionate pursuit for the things of God. If you're in that group of people, it's time to move. Why? Because the Spirit's been pulling on your heart. God's been pulling on your heart. Bible says if you hear his word, harden not your heart. If you're in that group of people, it's time to move this morning. I can't promise you that everything's going to be all right. Or I can't promise you that everything's going to go the way you want things to go in your life. I can't promise you that the issues that you had automatically will stop. Why? Because the Bible doesn't promise you that. If you read the Bible, read the Word of God, it does not promise you that your life will go rosy every single day. And if you've been a Christian in this place and you've walked for some time, you can attest to the fact that your life will not always be rosy. But I can promise you, because the Word of God promises you that He will never leave you nor forsake you I can promise you that he will walk with you and that regardless of what you face he will be with you because that's what the word of God says so if you're in this place this morning and you believe that God's been pulling on your heart it's time to make that commitment for some of us God has been telling you to start something God has put an idea in you. God has maybe said it's a start a business or get involved in a ministry. It's, it's funny because um, when Barry got up and brought the word that he brought, when he got down, I said, have you seen my notes this morning? And for me, it's testament to the fact that the spirit is moving. It's testament to the fact that God has something to say. It might just be for one person, but that's all right. If you're in this place this morning and you know that God has been calling you to do something, it is time to move. Because no longer can we do what we want knowing that God is calling us to do something else and think everything's going to go the way God has designed it to work. Because it won't. But God has put that desire in you. You know, the Bible says he gives us the desires of our hearts. What does that mean? It means that he puts his desires in our hearts and we believe that that's what we want to do because that's what God would have for us to do. So if you're in this place this morning and when Barry spoke, your heart was beating, yeah? Because that's what tends to happen. It's like, oh, (laughs) Jesus. He's talking to me. Yeah, because he is. God is talking to you this morning. If you're in this place this morning and God has said for you that there is something that you need to do, it might be a business, it might be a business idea. You might be in business and God said, it's time for you to do something else. Maybe not change business, but do something else. Do something else in your business. Do it. If you're in this place and God says, has shown you the one of the many needs that we've got in this, in this church, because if I can be honest, there are many needs that we've got in this church. We have a need for kids' church, We have a need in the worship team. We have a need. (laughs) We have a need in youth. We have a need just for service in this building. We have a need. And that's not just to to stir your heart and make you feel guilty that I'm not I'm not interested in doing that. What I'm saying is, has God put it on your heart? And if God has said it's time for you to do something, it's time for you to do something. But can I help, help you out a little bit? Can I give you some assistance in doing what God has called you to do? Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Step out and do what God has called you to do. Oftentimes, you won't get the details of how it's going to work out. Very often, it's not until you've stepped out that you will hear and you will know what the next steps are. Because... Naturally, our inclination is to what? It's to know the details. It's, okay, you want me to do this? Okay, how's it going to work? What's tomorrow going to look like? What's the day? What's the next step? What's the step after this? And very often, God doesn't give you the details before you step out. God gives you the details as you step out. And then, when you've stepped out, keep trusting God. Don't suddenly to be, be tempted to help God out. Don't suddenly, in our natural way, think that our wisdom is required by God. <laughs> because the tendency is we think, right, okay, okay, God, you've told me to do this and I'm going to start doing it. And I think this is the way it should work because I've got X, X years of experience in this area. God doesn't need our help in his plans in the sense that we don't have to to plan God's plans with him. God in his finite wisdom has chosen to limit himself to us as human beings in the outworking of his plan, absolutely. That's why he sends us out into the world. But we don't need to plan with God. We just need to go as he's told us to go. Um, And whether you find yourself in the first group or the second group, there is that natural tendency to want to know how it's going to work out, to want to know all the details, to want to know how everything is going to work. But let's look at Abraham, for example. God says, go where I will show you, and he went. You know, when we read the story, um, we're not told what was going on in his head. Yeah? We don't know what he must have been thinking about that night when he laid his head down. God says, go to the land that I will show you. Leave your family, leave your, your home that you've... He's, Abraham at this point in the story is 75 years, of, years old. So he's been somewhere. He's known a certain way of life for 75 years. And God says, leave all that and go. Now, the human tendency, which is fine, Yeah? is to to worry, okay? Because I can't imagine what it would be like to be somewhere for 75 years and then be told, right, it's time to leave. And I think there's, there's an important thing we can pick out from that point in the story. Because, sorry. Because I believe that if the Bible had, Delineated all the things that Abraham was thinking about all the things he was worried about what we would have done is created sermon series around the the, the, the valid reasons to debate with God about about why you shouldn't or shouldn't do the things that, that God's calling you to do your concerns are not invalid I'm not invalidating your concerns what I'm saying is obedience is what's important I believe that's what God wanted us to see That when he says we should go, we go. Not that you shouldn't worry or or, or be concerned. Not that you shouldn't think, what's it going to look like? But don't let your concern stop you from doing what God has told you that he needs you to do. Don't let your concern stop you from going where God has told you you need to go. what I will do is encourage you to spend some time studying the story of Abraham. Because what you will see in his life is what God did in his life as he went. You know, the, the next part of the story delineates some amazing things that happened in his life, but all of them happened as he went. None of them occurred before he went. Yeah, the, like he got promises in, in the instruction to go, but that promise didn't come to completion or fruition Until he went. The second thing I want to point out this morning in the life of Abraham is that he believed God. In Romans 4 verse 3, Galatians 3 verse 6, it says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. James 2, verse 23 says the exact same thing, but then goes on to say, and I think this is amazing, and he was called a friend of God. God gave him a promise, and that is what he believed, and that is what he held on to. Again, some of us in here, God has said he is going to do something, God has given you a promise. I mean, if you're a Christian in this place, we've all got promises in the Word of God, but there are additional promises that God may have given to you. They will line up with the Word of God, absolutely, but there are some promises that God may have given you that you've been holding on to. For some of us, that may have come many, many years ago. For some of us, they're recent promises. When the promise came, again, is not relevant to this time. When the promise came, Is not relevant. What is relevant and important? And the question is Will you believe God irrespective of what it looks like? Will you believe God irrespective of whether the promise makes sense? And then the next question after that is Will you believe God enough to not try and help him out? Abraham was given a promise, yeah? The promise that God will make him the father of many nations but he grew tired. He shared the the, the promise with his wife, and she also grew tired. He believed God, but there came a point where he and Sarah believed that God wanted their help, and Ishmael was born. Now, God still blessed Ishmael, because he's a gracious God. But then, if you read the story, God promised Abraham and Sarah a son, he promised him that he would be the father of many nations, that his descendants would, or those that come after him would be as many as the grains of sand. Those promises, if you're making notes or interested, are in Genesis 17, verse 1 through 4 and Genesis 22:17. 17. But when you read those promises, what you will notice is that they're not unequivocal. By that, I mean, it wasn't God just saying, I'm just going to do this for you. It wasn't God saying, irrespective of what you do, irrespective of how you respond to my promise, I'm going to do this for you. The promise came after a call to action. That specific promise came after Abraham did what God had asked him to do. What is God asking you to do? What has God told you to do? What has God put on your heart that you need to do? And what promises come with that instruction? Don't just hold on to the promise like, yeah, I'm going to have this. God's going to give me this. God's going, to, God's going to do this in my life. Yeah, 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 and do nothing. Because you know what will happen? In 20, 30 years, you'll be sat there saying, God, where's, where's the fulfillment of this promise? And God's like, well, the promise was do X, Y, and Z, and I will do X, Y, and Z. And the problem is we hold on to God saying, I will do X, Y, and Z, and forget that the promise was not unequivocal. The promise wasn't, I'm just going to do it. The promise was, you need to go and do what I'm calling you to do. And when you go, I will do. And as you go, I will do. What has God promised you? And will you believe God in what he has said? Will you believe God enough to wait until he has done what he said he will do? You know, the Bible talks about waiting on God. And it's interesting because our understanding of waiting can be incorrect when it comes to the word of God. Because oftentimes we we think about waiting in the passive sense. You know, we're in a queue, so we wait, right? We wait for our turn. But in the Bible, I don't believe waiting or when it comes to the spirit of God, waiting is not passive. Waiting is active. Waiting is saying, God, you've told me to do something, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I'm waiting on you to fulfill your promise. I'm waiting on you to do what you've said you're going to do. And so as you go, he will do. Turn with me to Genesis 21, and let's read from verses 1 through to 2. The Lord visited Sarah... As he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. At the time that God had spoken to him. You're right there, Gideon. <laughs> I don't know know how long you've been waiting. I don't know when you were first given the promise of God. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to encourage you. Hold on. I'm here to tell you, don't give up. I'm here to tell you that if God says he will do it, he will do it. If God has promised you, God is faithful to his word. The word of God says he is faithful and watching over his word to perform it. That means that if he said it, he's going to do it. And he's, he's ready. He's, he's at the go waiting to perform what he said he's going to do in your life. There's an old hymn that says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Where is God telling you to go? What has he promised you he will do? You know, we have amazing testimonies around us of what it's like to trust and obey God and to do what God has called you to do. This building we're in today is proof of what it means, what can happen to you when you trust and obey God. (coughs) The history of this church is further evidence of what can happen when you trust and obey God. You know the Bible says in one Samuel fifteen verse twenty two and I'm essentially paraphrasing it says, Listen for the commands of God and obey. But how 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 can you how can you do that? How how do you how do you obey what God is telling you to do? Just do what He asks you to do. It sounds really simple, but it is. It sounds like it's it can't be that straightforward. It is that straightforward. Has God said it? Has God said to do it? Then do it. Um Fatmon, are you free to come up? Please. I'm just gonna demonstration it's not it's not something <coughs> random and weird.
1: <laughs> Take this instead. Stand on there, please. You <laughs> take your glasses off. Cool. Can you can you see anything? No. Sure.
0: Yeah.
1: I can see something that I should I don't want to see, but it's all. all well and good. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's no sport. <laughs> right. Take a step forward. Take a step forward. Take a step forward. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. Take a step to your left a second. Another one. Keep walking forward. Keep walking forward. Keep going forward. Keep going. Keep going. Stop. Turn to your right. Take one step forward. And another step forward. And another step forward. And then turn to your left and walk forward. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. Keep coming forward. (laughs) Keep Keep going forward. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. Turn to your left. Take one step forward and another step forward. Turn to your right. Keep walking forward. Clear some of this out of the way. Keep walking forward. Turn to your left. Take a step forward. Hello. (laughs) Hi.
0: What happened there? Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) What happened there? Who was Fatmon in the story or in the demonstration? Us. Who was I in the demonstration? God. You know, God has a destination for us in mind. We start somewhere that He wants and He wants us to get somewhere else. And oftentimes we will not see where we're going. And oftentimes as we go forward, God will clear the way. The word says He will make the crooked path straight. And as we go forward in what he's telling us to do, God will clear the way. You know, there, there came a point in that journey where there was danger. And God told us to, well, I told Fatmon to turn and go around it. Yeah. it. It would have felt longer than she maybe felt it should take. But ultimately, God was taking care of the path that he had set yeah. for, what. Well, Absolutely, God, I was taking care of the path that I'd planned. And equally, God... He's taking care of the path that he has set for us to, to, to walk. I've known Fatmon for a number of years. She trusts me, yeah? She knows that my intentions for her are good. She knows that I love her, so she can trust and follow the instructions that I just gave to her. And even though she couldn't see exactly where she was going, she knew that she could trust the commands that were being given to her. We have to know that God is good. Circumstances may not always scream that. Life may not always align with that 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 declaration. Fatman told the story of when we just got married and I was diagnosed with having a brain tumour. That didn't scream that God is good. It didn't. Naturally, it didn't scream that God was good. And then a a few weeks later, Fatman almost loses a job. We've just got married. That doesn't scream that God is good. But we had to believe that God is good. You know, the tendency is to allow our circumstance to dictate our knowledge of who God is. You look at the world around you, you look at your surroundings, and you you see that you're surrounded by problems and situations and things that do not make sense and things that, if you think about it, why would this be my lot if God is a good God? And what we can do is we can take our circumstances, our situations, and the emotions that we feel and portray that unto God. Is God really good? Is God really faithful? When what we should do is take our knowledge of who God is and allow that to dictate our stance within our circumstance. So when you know who God is, no, God is faithful because I've heard it in the word of God. I've heard testimonies from numerous people. No, God is good because he's shown me he's good. He's said it in his word. And even though the circumstance doesn't align with that, I'm going to still proclaim the goodness of God in my circumstance, irrespective of what it looks like. We have to know... That God is good. Why? Because that will help us to follow what He's saying we should do. Because if I can trust the instruction giver, I know that the instructions ultimately are for my good. Because if, I know teenagers don't always get this, but when your parents say don't do X, Y, and Z, it's not because they're just being mean. For the most part, it's because they care for you and they love you and they want the best for you. They're good. Their intentions for you are good. In the same way when God gives us an instruction that we don't understand and we don't see how it makes sense or what it's going to look like in our lives, we have to know that God is good and trust the instruction that is given to us. I'll give you an example of a situation in my life where God had given me a promise and I thought I could help God out. Probably about five, five or so years ago God had Giving me a promise a lot earlier than that for what my life was going to look like, and then this job, job opportunity came up. I was like, "Oh God!" I'm still, a, still relatively young. I'm not, not. I'm old now, but yeah, <laughs> I'm still relatively young. This sounds like an amazing opportunity. It sounds like the right thing to do, but my spirit was saying, "Don't do it." But my youthful exuberance. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Telling people, "Oh, I've got this. Oh, this job is so sick." Got it started, and it was the worst thing that I've done. Financially, emotionally, every which way you name it, it was the worst thing for me to do. And to some extent, we're still dealing with the situations that that, that, that one decision set up. Now, God in his gracious mercy, when I decided to say no, you know what, I've had enough of this. I've had, I've had enough of being the captain of my ship. Again, it's difficult when you're naturally a planner or naturally you're someone who wants to know how everything's going and you want to you be in control and you're independent. But God in his mercy, with my obedience since, has turned a lot of things around and rectified a number of situations that, that, were big, that began as a, as a result of my essential disobedience. And I say that to in, encourage obedience. Adam, if you, if you would want to come up. I say that to encourage you to say, guys, do what God is asking you to do. The way he's asking you to do it. Abraham was not perfect. He made mistakes. But that didn't stop him from receiving what God had promised. And why do I make that point? Because he was human as a we. But our mistakes won't hinder the promises of God. It's possible and probable that they'll delay the promises of God. However, it won't stop God accomplishing what he said he's going to accomplish in our lives. I want to encourage you that the promise of God over your life is not a license to do whatever you you want to do. It's not. But God will lead you. God will be with you. And God will show you amazing things. As you go from where he says, Abraham went, and you believe what he has said, Abraham believed God. And in your belief, trust him enough to let him be God and accomplish what he has promised you that he will accomplish. Word of caution, always seek counsel. Particularly if you're you're new to stepping out and doing what God's telling you to do. Seek counsel from those that have walked with God for longer, seek counsel from your pastors and seek counsel from those around you but let's step out and know that if God has said that he's going to do something he's going to do it again I don't know where you find yourself this morning but God is faithful will you go where God is saying you should go Are you one of those people that needs to make a commitment this morning? Are you one of those people that just needs to get involved in something God has told you to get involved in? And as you go, will you believe what God has promised you he's going to do? Regardless of how long it takes to come to pass. He holds our life in his hand. He's the Alpha and Omega. He knows the beginning and the end he knows where he's taking you he knows what he's going to help you to avoid if we will be obedient you know Fatmon could have decided I'm just going to walk straight because straight is always the quickest path and if she had walked straight and just gone and gone and gone and gone irrespective of what I said she would have met with danger she would have met with situations or circumstance that would have caused her to have to go back You know, the the Israelites, the journey from Egypt to the promised land, wasn't a 40 year journey. It wasn't. It really, really wasn't. Disobedience meant that what should have taken maybe a few days or maybe a couple of weeks at most, took 40 years. Will you be obedient to what God is saying? Will you go where he's telling you to go? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus.